Oh, Adam. Joshua Townsend, Zellner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, when do you use the Zellner and when not the Zellner? Oh, when it's more um, official or whatever. Because that, that is when, the legal last name. When so. there are Jews in the audience? Oh, no. <laughs> then I'd be using it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's more of a spontaneous thing. If I, if I don't want to be questioned, you know, yeah. if I just want like ease of entry, yeah. you know. But I, what I wanted to ask you though was real quick: is do you think it'd be okay to do like uh, like an announcement of the of the upcoming class I'm doing at uh, at the Braid in Santa Monica on Monday nights? <laughs> it sounds like a question statement. No, it's it's a real authentic question because it's starting on um, Monday, uh, September seventeenth at seven o'clock, and I just I just wanted to run it by you before you know we did it for the show. Is this a lead into an episode on consent? <laughs> Could you, could, could you just initial here, sign here? But I just wanted to hold your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody says. So wait, the industrial area in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. so right around like Stewart, exactly. Colorado. Yeah, you know where Lionsgate is. I do. The, the water. Yeah, it's yeah. just. Up they the don't let me there. in there, but I've dr- I drive by and wave. It's probably better not <laughs> yeah. to go in there. Yeah, near the wa- uh, uh, the water park. Yeah, mm-hmm. that area. Yeah, nice. So place. Monday nights, mm-hmm. seven to ten. Mm-hmm. And what are we? What are we going to be uh, teaching? I'm going to be teaching all about. You know, basically the creative process, what, what, exactly what we go over right here. The creative process and storytelling for writers, actors, directors, anyone interested in deepening their process. See, si. oh, people. Oh, and, and I'll be, I'll be, I'll be teaching in in English. Yeah, I didn't want anyone to think. Si. Oh wow, see. Si. Yeah. I guess the uh, spoilers that people have already started signing up. So. Yeah. Get it while it's good. And to get it, you just go to notesonyournotes.com, click on today's episode, and there's a link there to register for the class and to get more information. Or even better, go to our Facebook page, Notes on Your Notes. Just search for that on Facebook if you haven't liked us already. Uh, And there's an event there with links and more descriptions all about it. And you can also get all of Josh's great posts about the creative process and storytelling there. Now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station. Hey, Adam. It's time for Notes on Your Notes. I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend Zellner. Welcome to Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about the creative process and storytelling. Joshua has three bracelets on the table. That's right, because we don't want to have any clickety-clackety when we're recording. When we're recording. That's right. Not all men wear bracelets. Oh, that's but, true. But huh? when they do, they make a statement. Mm. What kind of statement do you think that is? Um, well, your bracelets are sort of, one has sort of what I would associate with sort of like a wooden beaten Indian vibe. That's because it is. Look <laughs> at you. Another one has got shiny blue and silver <laughs> balls beads that screams more like the astrology store tarot uh-huh. cards right crystals you're right on crystal that's right yeah and 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 metro which means i'm solid in my and who i am and like how i navigate through life absolutely huh? yeah you just you definitely chart your moon cycle uh and then the <laughs> third is just a silver solid circle mm-hmm my guess on that is there's magnetism, some sort of um, 
there's there's some plates relation to gravity relating to me- metals exactly god you're good at this game man electromagnetic field it's made out of steel strong as stone steady as steel. makes me feel grounded yes okay yes well that's a gr- wonderful character breakdown you just did of me just via my bracelets uh and on today's episode yeah we're gonna talk about character so tell me, uh, you, you emailed me about doing this episode. You were watching a YouTube video. So interesting. Fascinating. Because this is stuff I've been working with for a while. And so I still do it in everyday life. So this is what's happening. I'm watching Casey Neistat. Is that how you say his name? You would know. Yeah, Casey Neistat. He's a YouTuber, video blogger, like the original. Like I think he's like the first guy to pass 1 million subscribers or 10 million. or I think maybe 10 million. He's amazing. Anyway, he does a vlog. He used to do like a vlog every single day. Now he has a group called 368. So check him out on YouTube. Here's the thing is for the longest time, I've been watching his videos. And every once, and this, uh, this one particular day, though, I noticed it quite strikingly, that he goes into his New York um, uh, studio space and he like literally throws down his knapsack and he drops this and he drops that. And I'm like, oh my God, he's such like a little kid, like a little boy, right? And then um, there's other th- scenes where you see him like riding around on his, what they call a boosted board, which is like electronic skateboard. And he has like electronic bikes that he, that he actually drives all around in his, in his um, studio space in New York. And I'm like, oh my God, what a funny guy, right? So in this one video I'm watching, he goes, well, you know what my favorite film growing up was? And he's talking to the camera or whatever. And he goes, Tom Hanks in Big. Mm. And I'm like, of course. He's living out that character's fantasy world in real time at the highest level. The kid who gets all the toys that the adult can afford. Yeah. And so in that film, Tom Hanks is like an executive or whatever. And then he wakes up up one morning and all of a sudden he's like, he has the mind and everything else of like a 10-year-old. So he has like a trampoline in his in his apartment in New York, and yeah. he has a girl over, and they sleep in bed uh, bunk, bunk beds. beds. And, and there are a lot of like odd yeah. scenes between men and women in that yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. And so and so Casey's living that. So so all right, that's great, Josh. But why are we talking about this on notes on your notes? Because this has to do with character. This has to do with the person's ideal future. This has to do with their driving force. This has to do with how they see themselves in an ideal way in the world. So I know someone else who grew up with the thing, with the vision, with the ideal future of Wonder Woman. And so, you know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll watch her choices, and she'll be wearing bra. Oh, you're so funny, Adam. You brought in bracelets. That's funny. So she'll wear, like, these big old bracelets, and they look like Wonder Woman bracelets. And she may not even be aware that she's making those choices, but she's, you know, uh, making these choices to wear, like, these uh, Wonder Woman um, outfit and so know, she And does she fly around town helping people? No, but it's really weird. She keeps a, a, a lasso in the back of her car, and she always wants to lasso men and yeah. get them to tell the truth. There's some but, whips and stuff. Yeah, that's oh, that's. I never really thought about that. <laughs> I never thought about that. That's weird. Yeah. So, so here's the thing: is that we can. It's a great cocktail party conversation thing, which is to ask people. Like, I'm gonna ask that. Even though we're not having cocktails, Adam, growing up, here's the question to ask. It's not what was your favorite film. Mm-hmm. It was not the one like, oh, I want to be like that. No, it's more about like, what was the film that you were like, 
that you were just drawn to inexplicably and that you saw probably multiple times. And there was just something ab about this film, not your favorite film, but the film that you kept like revisiting. Yeah, I was really worried you were gonna ask me this question when you sent me this pitch. Uh -oh. I'm like, I know what Josh is gonna do. Uh-oh. So this is a interesting question because I don't have the, the sharpest memory of my childhood. That, that can be good <laughs> and bad. Uh, <laughs> or let me put it a different way. I'll have memories returned to me from my childhood, and, and, but I can't like seek them out, right? Like I don't have control. Okay. They just come flooding in and yeah. it's like the middle of the night, hot sweat. Yeah. And yeah. I was screaming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Other than that, it was a great childhood. But I did think about this because a lot of like the, certainly a lot of the guys I grew up with, yeah. like have seen Star Wars 600 times. Okay. I have no real memory of being interested in star wars right so that right. wouldn't be it right, right. Yeah, like okay. and mm -hmm. like i don't know if that's because my family came from south africa and like we arrived in the 80s and i kind of missed the boat or what it was in english is a second language right, right. Yeah. like you know and i did watch some stuff growing up like i remember watching cartoons like teenage mutant ninja turtles and okay. and, and ducktales and whatnot okay but what i did is i knew you were going to ask me this question <laughs> so i sat down and i was like well if i think back to like my teens right what movies was i just kind of drawn to yes like what was i drawn yes. to mm -hmm. so i made a list oh wow you're <laughs> i know you you're want prepared i yeah. know you want yeah no no it's fine it's fine to, we can read the list because that'll help so these are all probably going to be like movies mostly from the 90s and okay. late 80s but i was thinking about it and so this is what i wrote down on my list like when i think back like what are the movies where i was like oh that and what I see from them is something very specific. But anyways, yeah. Dances with Wolves. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, let me, let me go slow. Uh, Dances, Dances with, with Wolves, the Kevin okay. Costner movie. Okay, Kevin Costner. Okay. Philadelphia, the Tom Hanks movie. Philadelphia, the Tom Hanks movie, okay. About the lawsuit right. and the guy with AIDS. The Graduate, which impacted what? me a lot. The Mike okay. Nichols movie with Dustin Hoffman. Okay, I'm, I'm just letting them seep in. Not, not only the characters, but also the themes. Hang on one second. So, okay. So, Dances with Wolves, got that. Philadelphia. Philadelphia, got that. The Graduate. The Graduate. Okay, hang on. Let me get... Okay, all right. I got that. Okay. Um, the Natural, which was a Robert sure. Redful, Redford movie about... If, a, if You Build It, We Will Come. No, no. That's actually the next one, Field oh, of Dreams. Sorry. Which was a Kevin Costner. <laughs> sorry. I had two movies about baseball. I don't even care about baseball that much, but... It's Apparently, I like baseball movies. Uh, the natural, Wait, yeah. What's that about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Redford. He's sort of shot in the opening scene. He's a promising young baseball player, mm -hmm. and he comes back later in his career and tries to play professional baseball. Okay. It's kind of like his late latter journey. Okay. Field of Dreams. Kevin Costner. If you build it, they will come. Okay. Uh, Presumed in Innocent, which I think was a Harrison Ford movie. Oh yeah. Uh, -huh. uh About uh, a murder. The Fugitive, I watched a lot. The Tommy Lee Jones, Harrison Ford movie right, set, right. set in Chicago. So I look at these lists. I look at this list, and there are probably more. I just kind of stopped after a while. And I look at them, and I'm like, man, I even when I was like 12 or 13, I just loved dramatic storytelling, a character up against odds, you know, The Fugitive. Philadelphia well, can, dances can, with wolves. Can, can I can, can I jump in on something here that mm -hmm. I'm I'm seeing thematically, right. but this is thematic as opposed to character, but it does show up in a couple of the characters too, which is writing unjust wrongs. Mm. Yeah, it's com that's a conversation that I've had with some of my friends about how. But that's like I that's, get I get irritated by injustice. Right, right. that's one of your baselines. It's a baseline value. Yeah, but it's not necessarily. Maybe it does speak to my character a it little does. bit. It does. 
Yeah, and I was starting my career as a journalist. Right. Partially because right. right I wanted problems. to write. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to be part of institutions that talked about problems. And to write them. Through raising, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know if journalists write problems. Maybe they do, but they, they, do. they raise consciousness. They, they raise the awareness so that it can be righted. Uh, otherwise, how, how are we supposed to know they're not? Right. Yeah. Start in broadcast news. I see, I know what you're talking about with character. I yeah. see artistic sensibility too, a lot. Right, but we're looking for, I mean, because this is, you know, this is, it's a great exploration what we're doing yeah, right now, yeah, yeah. but I want to point it towards... Towards character. Character. So, what, like, if you were to take, like, the top two from that list that you're inexplicably drawn to, that you didn't, there's no rhyme or reason, there's no, like... Like sometimes people, I tell people about this thing, they go, oh yeah, my dad, he was a real, you know, he was, you know, he loved John Wayne movies. I'm like, no, 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 that's different. That's someone loving John Wayne movies. This is something that you're just like drawn to it. And, and you know, and you, 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 well, I thought about this and I thought about the way our character is different at different points in our life. Because, yes. Because I, when I first saw The Graduate, I must've been 16, uh -huh, 17. Uh -huh. And I was like around that age and I remember just being floored by it and I did you see it more than once subsequently of course yeah, yeah. yeah. but I mean like in and around that time frame did you watch did you go revisit it I'm still a little weird there's a really good essay about are you an Iliad person or an Odyssey person uh -huh. and in, in the premise of this essay is that Iliad people are the type of audience that watch something to figure out what happens at the end like mm -hmm. who wins the war the Trojans or yeah. Or the Greeks. Yeah. Odyssey people are people who are obsessed with the process and the journey. Mm -hmm. And I'm sad to say an Iliad person. Are you really? Yeah. I'm so much... You're such an Odyssey person, I know. It's This is where I come from on that. It's that <laughs> I still love suspense. I love okay. not knowing what's going to happen and not knowing the choice someone's going to make. I love not knowing the choice uh -huh. that, someone, that a character is going to make. Uh -huh. So for me to rewatch a movie ten times... I'm it's easier for me to like watch a comedy where I'm enjoying the joke a drama for me to watch 10 or 15 times is more like a study mm. and that to me is not as enjoyable as mm. like that's why I love seeing like a great movie first time in the theater because it's like I feel like I really get to be in that moment of yeah. what's this character going to do as a writer it would be better if I were an odyssey person because so much of being a writer is studying process and how things evolve and, a and how characters make choices differently mm -hmm. in different narratives. Mm -hmm. But I'm still just sort of, I can't change that part of me. That no, no, we wouldn't want you to. Because excited it's, about it's, knowing. It's, yeah. But I have watched The Graduate multiple times. But I was going to say thematically, I was so kind of embarrassed going through this exercise because I was thinking about like, well, what books was I really touched by yeah. in high school? And it was like such cliched stuff. It's like Catcher in the Rye. Okay. Uh, Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. Oh, yeah. You know, stuff like that where I was like, and then sort of like, you know, wild sort of coming of age, like some of Bukowski's books where uh -huh. you're just like, whoa, this is, you know, one way to live your life. That is very different from, you know, like sort of like yeah. innocence, you know, breaking innocence. But um, so I want to point out at this juncture that this exercise is good for feature films it can be done for tv shows it, it, any story it can be a bedtime story it can be radio it could be comic books it could be novels it could be pick pick, pick what it is but whatever you are inexplicably drawn to 
usually, in my experience, you're looking at a, a age range of like eight to sixteen is pretty big, but I would say more like you know more like twelve to seventeen mm-hmm. probably is a better age range to look at right. because you're making an imprint that lasts most of the time in your entire life from a thematic level. Right. Yeah. I guess what I would say is like at that point in my life, when mm-hmm. I think about within the context of the graduate, within mm-hmm. the context of Siddhartha, within the con- conscious context of catching the rye, there was always a part of me that craved the independent journey in life. And in a sense, you think about all those works, they're all about exploration mm-hmm. and someone coming of age and, and going out in the world and journeying, which is effectively mm-hmm. what I did. I mm-hmm. left Los Angeles and mm-hmm. moved to New York and mm-hmm. and got this beautiful rush from being sort of alone in a city mm-hmm. exploring mm-hmm. you know that was part of my character i wanted to wander mm-hmm. um and i sort of see this and then there was sort of another th- thing. Did, did you ever buy or sell plastics <laughs> i did not catch <laughs> plastics um i didn't and i did never i never dated miss R- mrs robinson though i did have some very close female friends who were i, I, I want to give a shout out to buck henry okay thank you buck henry thank okay. you buck what was the movie for you I, I didn't expect you to ask me that, Adam, because uh, <laughs> normally you're research. a narcissist who only cares about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, floored by your no, absence no, of no. Uh, self-absorption today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enough talk about me. What did you think of my latest film? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so uh, just I'm, I'm, we're going to get to that in a second. So okay, this yeah. thing about um, thing, the whole reason is, is that within Casey, nice stat, we actually see him living out that perhaps unconscious or perhaps conscious um, implant that that he had a soul's calling or a soul's yearning to experience this lifetime, and it was um, it was made real or concretized by that film. It could have been an, a whole other film, you know, if he was born yeah. thirty years ago. And I'm sure there's a, a, a film about some kid, you know, some adult man pretending to be a kid or whatever and it would or in a different way right so it's really interesting to tap into that i know this one lady that that i've worked with before and her um her uh the one that she was inexplicably drawn to is pippi longstocking Mm. and then you look at the basic you know thing of pippi longstocking and it tracks to her life it's really quite astounding so great this is great cocktail conversation party stuff insights i know i'm getting there but we're gonna get Uh there in a sec because i want i want to bring it home here because it's not about that so what we want to do ultimately then is we want to assign this same archetype or this same kind of character this kind of theme to our characters this is where it comes home because if i was writing the role of casey then and and i assigned that that film big that would be huge. That would be a huge tell for me as a as a writer and author, in terms of how do I not, how do I this guy's all about personal freedom. He never writes budgets. He gets goes to go all over the world. You know, he's still living that thirteen year old, sixteen year old dream, untethered. Even though he has a wife and next wife and a couple of Peter kids. Peter Pan. Peter Pan, I don't want to grow up. So there's this other thing of, of assigning that to our characters. Um, and so it's really important because then it gives, it gives an, you're making the, the, the unconscious conscious and you're giving it a, a, a strong feed that you can, that you can uh, massage into yeah. the script. And it doesn't have to be a movie. It can be a, right. bo- a 
a book, a book. It could a be a musician. Book. It could be a role model. Who role is, model, Who is the yes. person in there? Who might be that weird person in their community that they all... It could be the unmarried aunt in a conservative community who used to like to sing songs and travel the world and live in someone's attic. Like that could have been, you know, it's like who is the hero that yes. that's going to embody yes. what they imagine for themselves. Because yes. you often see this like with characters who are a little different than the community they're in. Their heroes were different. Right. So here's the thing is that like when I'm, when I'm working, I've been, uh, I was working with this one lady and she's, um, she's 70 years old right so then for me to help her because she's writing a piece about herself right i need to go look at what archetypical women were present in the media and who she most likely linked herself to to see what her ideal future would have been Mm. you have to watch some audrey hepper movies or Mm -hmm. or um like uh, 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 uh what's her name um Marilyn Monroe or Jane Jane Mansfield or these archetypical women were very present in the media at that at a certain time and did they gravitate towards that or did they do uh, Catherine Hepburn or did they do someone else yeah. and that that there's a huge difference in terms of what that says about that person and and what their ideal future is Right. And then you're absolutely right. I'm you, what before 1850, we couldn't do this party conversation. No, of course not. So yeah. So w- was it the, the stories in the Bible or, or, or some sort of traditional book or was it the village idiot? Did you associate with the village idiot or the king or the shaman or whatever it is? Um, so for me, uh, you know, I did some digging and, um, you know, Charlie Brown. Um, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> that was funny. I always like that was funny. I always like cages, and I wanted to have a relationship with a woman through bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, did I ever tell you I snuck it? <laughs> I told my parents. I told you the story. No, tell me. When I was nine, I told my parents I was going to watch uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the uh-huh. movie. Yeah. And we s- did not go see that movie. We snuck into Silence of the Lambs. No way. I was like nine. Uh-huh. Maybe ten. To my friend, oh. Seth. Uh-huh. And I didn't sleep for like a week afterwards. No. Yeah, I had to tell him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can't sleep. And they're like, why? I was like, I went to go see Silence of the Lambs. And they're like, what? <laughs> Adam, we told you about that. We like, warned you. I was curious about Hannibal the Cannibal. <laughs> See, curiosity kills the cat. Does it it feel good to be absolved now that you've, like, confessed to your parents? uh, Yeah, I mean, I had to confess when I was nine. Yeah. Because they were like, why are you sleeping? (laughs) Waking up in hot sweats. Oh, my God, now I see why you you didn't remember anything about your childhood. It's all like a blur. It's all blacked out, right? Yeah. Traumatized. Poor thing. Huh. Um, so not Charlie Brown, not no. I've said no, Ch- no. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Oh, Charlie Brown was your guy. Ch- well, was the, the I'm, I'm saying, again, again, again. I'm saying, you know, it's episodic, but you know, um, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of a little bit of Snoopy, you know. So remind me, what's Charlie Brown's core character? I don't remember now. He he just wore that T-shirt with the little with the little always, He's always trying to kick that football. Yeah, always trying to kick. Fo- yeah, failure. Thank you. Thank you. Adam. <laughs> well, no, <Thanks>. keep, <laughs> keep trying. I thought that was the message. <laughs> 
Um, a little bit of a pig pen. Uh-huh. So um, there's this one obscure film. <laughs> Hit me. There's this one obscure. Well, there's two actually. One that I saw over and over and over was Swept Away with Giancarlo Giannini. And it was uh, directed by um, Lena Wertzmiller. So for um, everyone who has not seen that movie. <laughs> they, they do, <laughs> for, for the 98% of you who has not seen that movie. What's, what, is um, the, what is the general? Madonna, Madonna did uh, a remake. And, and oddly enough, <clears throat> uh, Giancarlo Gini's son played, her, played the love interest. Oh, okay. Which was really kind of fun. So what, 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 what was it about this movie that you liked? Um, there was the, uh, the ultimate role reversal where the, um, the guy on the boat, there's a guy, in a, so there's two classes. It's a class war system. There's the working class, which are all the people who work on the luxury yacht. And then there's the elite that, that, um, that live on the yacht and play on the yacht, right? And the two live in the same space, but they can't converse. And something happens and the most beautiful girl on the boat, on the yacht, and the, the, the guy who's like, you know, the, the, the scrub guy or whatever, they wind up on a deserted island. Oh. Yeah. And so then on the deserted island, the, there's a role reversal. Gotcha. Right? And so then, <clears throat> so then she, in, in a sense, falls in love with him, maybe out of need, maybe out of survival. Maybe it's real. She's the aristocrat. She's the aristocrat, and he's the the scullery maid, I guess. Um, but once you're on your boat, off the boat, and they're on the island, it reverses. So then there's a whole power play dynamic that plays out between the two of them, and then eventually she acquiesces, and you know, uh, she's tamed because she's a bit of a shrew. It's sort of like taming on the sh- mm-hmm. taming of the shrew a little bit. Um, and then, uh, and then I think this goes on for like two or three months, and then eventually what happens is is uh, you know, the helicopter comes, you know, looking for them to save them. And uh, and he does everything he can to thwart being saved because he wants the relationship to continue. Mm. But it can't. Do they end up together or no? It can't. So they get rescued, rescued in quotes, and they get flown to the, you know, to the thing. And the, and, and the guy who owns the yachts, they're waiting for his wife or girlfriend or whoever it is. And then, and then he has this old scullery maid kind of wife with three kids. And it was like, you know, rather heavy set, like yelling at him. And, and then the last, the last scene, I always see the last scene. I always remember the last scene where he's walking down the, the pier with his wife and three kids and she's like yelling at him. And, and the beautiful blonde girl is in the helicopter and she's, you know, lifting up off the pier, you know, and there's this beautiful opera playing in the background. And it's like, oh, like that. The, oh, wow. So, yeah. So I guess, um, I guess, I guess I don't have much of a future in. <laughs> so <laughs> is that my what, what, what do you think it was that resonated? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw one more in there, which is uh, something of the paradise, Phantom of the Paradise. And that's a, a, a really obscure film. Also, this one's even more obscure, but about a guy who's disfigured and he has and his face is so disfigured, he has to wear a mask in public in order to be accepted. Oh, oh no. that's not very hard to figure out now, is it, Adam? Well, <laughs> I mean, all of these are sort of like the guy who is at this level socially mm-hmm. getting his chance to be yeah. higher yes. socially. Like, yes. the, like the sort of the one that's ignored getting his chance to yeah. actually be seen for his value. Wow. Is you're, that, you're good at this game. Is that is yeah. that accurate? Right on, baby. Is that how you felt growing up? Like you had this enormous value that 
If only the world could see it. I'm, I'm sorry, were you, were you talking to me? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> were, were you talking to me just now? Uh, yeah, I would say um, there was an element of, um, um, you know, um, uh, it, it was safer to be hidden uh, uh-huh. and, and uh, then to, uh, then to venture out. And so the only way to be safe would be to wear either a mask or a large overcoat, you know, trench coat that's made out of cashmere. <laughs> um, Whoa. Oh. didn't realize they made those. Yeah, I, it was from the East Coast. Uh, cashmere so trench coat. It, it was a cashmere full-length, like, dress coat or overcoat. Or oh, I know what you're it. talking about. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. big and black. It, fully, yep. it was fully lined. Yeah, I used to wear that every day to high school. In Orange County. Nice. Yeah, when, when it was, like, 100 degrees. And my teachers would go, don't you want to take that ja- that coat off? And I'd be like... No. No, I'm going to the beach after. <laughs> I'm going to wear it there. Why take it off when I'm, I'm going to swim the beach? with it? <laughs> and and they would go, they would like, they'd be like, right? And but they couldn't make me. Like like what I'm, are they? I have no I have no doubt they could not. Right, because like it's like what it's illegal to wear. I also coat. like about this how like, you know, it's hidden under a mask until I trap you on an island, in which case you see my true value, and. You can't control yourself around me. Right. You're, yeah. Yeah. That's good, huh? Huh? That's well, good. Well, I mean, yeah, it's amazing, but <laughs> good is not a, not the word. It's not going to last very long, but it certainly is interesting. Um, do you feel like there was a future vision for yourself? So it was like this vision, like you had to be hidden, but also the mask would come off in certain contexts and you were just waiting for those contexts to occur. Wow, that would really bespeak of someone who was really conscious. Um, oh, there was yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if I was that conscious. I think I was just. You know, I think I was just ramming my head against the wall every chance I got. Because in swept away, once they're alone, then she can see the true him. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Right. Which yes. is like the classic sort of. Like yeah. A little bit like "Can't Buy Me Love." A little bit mm-hmm. that Patrick mm-hmm. Dempsey movie from mm-hmm. the '80s, where mm-hmm. you know he pays a woman, a cheerleader, to go to prom with him. And then she falls in love with him because she can finally see who he really is. Wow. I think he f- she falls in love with him. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, hope she was happened. paid to, so, I mean, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say thematically you're, you're spot on. Yeah. And do you feel like the these future visions change? Like you now in your life? Like if you were to watch those movies now, you obviously watch them from a different consciousness. Yeah. I, I really feel like, you know, going back to storytelling, uh, as well, I feel like one uh, a writer, someone a creator would would select it to to couple with the theme, and then at a certain point, I feel like the character and myself, instead of disallowing it or pushing it away or not owning it, um, I merge with it, I integrate it, and so that becomes a part of me. But I'm not I'm not confined by that. Right. That's that's a part, but it's not all of it. Right. It's more like yeah. the roots of, uh, it's more like an experience that you've probably moved beyond, but you still have a memory of. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, a, yes, yes. So it's maybe not going to manifest in exactly in your life, but it could manifest when you maybe were to see a young child that was similar or treated badly yes. or hiding from society. Yeah. You would have a sense of recognition. Yeah. That another person might not have consciousness around. Right, right. There's that. There's that plus side. Yeah, I would feel like I would feel like today I have more. I have more access to more range of who I am. Right. And I'm not such a small range, but perhaps like I was then. So how could storytellers, writers, actors use what we're talking about today to help them either prepare for a role or to write a better story? Because it helps with the vision. It helps with the vision of 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 
of who I am and, and, and what do I want to achieve? Like, like with that lady who's Pippi Longstopping, you know, it's like, well, what are those aspects? What are both the positive and the negative aspects of those? And how can we infuse the story with those? Or the same thing with Wonder Woman. Like a Wonder Woman character is someone who's looking to, to know the truth. Like, you know, to, uh, to be empowered, to, um, to own herself, right? All, all the themes that are going to come up in that world. Right. Um, in, in, in your example. Uh, and also, I want to make a point in terms yeah. of character here. Mm-hmm. Often, the future vision is not what they're living. So in the Wonder Woman situation. Yes, absolutely. Okay, back, you, this fact, person it's might usually be, the opposite. Right? Yeah. You, this person might find themselves in the 50s in a marriage where they're dependent financially on their husband and they're trapped at home as a homemaker and they want to be their own person. They want to be out in the world and they can't. So they sit there fantasizing about Wonder Woman all day. That's typically how psychology works is we fantasize often about what we don't have, the, the power we wish we had. So just to understand it, like it's not like, you know, like because your example with Casey, he's living it. But a lot of characters, particularly at the beginning of um, narratives, they may have that imagined vision, but they are living off in the exact opposite. It's so, what you're sharing is so important. You're absolutely, when I look at Casey as someone who's in their, is who's in their creative flow and who's coming to fruition. So he's actually created it. We're seeing someone at the, at the, yeah, at a different stage. And so at the beginning stage, yeah, it would be someone who has the desire for it. Because like, like if, if, if a housewife of the fifties is sitting there and she's dreaming of being Wonder Woman, that gives her her ideal future and it gives her reasons why she's going to make different choices in our story. However, if the woman in her 50s is, I'm sorry, in the 1950s and she's a housewife and her archetype is Doris Day, well, there's probably no story. Right. Because she's done. Right. She's she's living it. So the recommendation would be to consider who your character's heroes are. Yes. And where they are and how those two relate, like where they are at the present moment. Yes, absolutely. And how, yeah, how close are they to, to realizing it? And most often, it's probably going to be further away. But they're holding on to that dream. Because if they don't have that dream, why are we watching this story? Right. Yeah. Right. I'm Adam Lesser, and this has been Notes on Your Notes. Thank you so much for listening. Just a reminder that if you want to stay updated on all of our uh, episodes, as well as uh, notes about classes that might be coming out or any events we might be having, uh, go like our Facebook page. Just click Notes on Your Notes. Facebook, you can enter it into Google, you'll find us. And Josh posts so much great extra content there for you guys to think about to help you with your writing projects. Uh, It's a great resource. We're also on Instagram at Notes on Your Notes. The music on the show is courtesy of Kevin McLeod, and the sound design is courtesy of me. We'll talk to you next week.